Errol, did Will did Willow give you do your nails? She did do my nails. Nice. It's so yeah, shiny. They're, they're like gold with some wait, gold with some silver at the end. I wanted to be she glamorous for the cats job. podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> Willow did the gold and Lana did the uh, the silver part. So I'm pretty. Nice. And I'm just too lazy to take it off. Although I am very excited to take it off because my favorite chemical in the world is uh, acetone. So. It smells so good. <laughs> it's and it's the so best. cool. It's it it's I don't I don't know why. It was one of my favorite parts of chemistry, and I love chemistry. It was just cleaning off the tables when we were done, just spraying it with with, with just this. Is it water? Oh wait, where'd it go? Uh, that was fun. I just liked getting high off of it. Let's be real. Can this be our cold open? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I don't even know if I was getting high off of it. I probably was. I just, I, it was just so much fun just to, just to enjoy the the wonderful cleaning solutions in our chemistry lab uh, podcast. Do, 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 do. Welcome back to Cop Monologuing. I'm Brian Kunzer. And I'm Errol Koenig. And today we are talking about, I, I would argue, is the most jellicle movie I've ever seen uh, with our very special guest, Esther. Thank you so much for joining us, Esther. I will say that movie is definitely something. What it is, it's, I couldn't tell you. I think jellicle. Is a very good word for it because I still oh, yeah. don't know what Jellicle means, despite the fact that they have explained it sixteen thousand different ways in that movie. I mean, did they ever just explain it, or did they experience it? They said Jellicle cats are not too big. Jellicle mm-hmm. cats um, are of a proper shape. Jellicle cats, mm-hmm. they've you know all kinds of other types of requirements that I'm not sure every single one of the cats filled mm-hmm. but that didn't seem relevant to the lyrics of the song really? well I, I just I, have a lot of questions i feel like jellicle uh is an encompassment of all of the rules like if you hit one of those you fall into the category of uh jellicle so okay. yeah so like if they're not too big well you know some of them are not too big, but others are too big. But they, you know, they they would still uh, fit some other rule uh, in, in 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 the rules. You know, like I'm I'm, I'm sure Buster for Jones, uh, you know, isn't causing too much of a stir because he's definitely a jellicle cat. I, he he wasn't the jellicle choice, but he was a jellicle cat. You know what I mean? That that that's fair. That's fair. The I... one thing we do know for sure, though, is that a cat is not a dog. True. That is, honestly, truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> Straight from the mouth of uh, Dame uh, Dame Judy Dench. Yes. 110 yeah. minutes into this movie, we finally find out that a cat is not a dog. Yeah, which, you know, makes sense. Honestly, yeah. the one thing that I didn't understand, which probably has more to do with the musical itself than the movie, is why that song happened at the very end of the musical and wasn't the first song that we heard. Well, it's 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 the conclusion paragraph. Like I remember back uh, in all of like my high school writing classes and even college writing classes, it was like you start with your thesis. Uh and the thesis in, in this movie slash play is, uh, it, it's kind of kind of two part, uh, but it's Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats, which mm-hmm. go into like the naming of cats. It's like here's you know here's all the things that cats are. You know, so it hits you with that. Then it goes through and like gives a little bit more details about different examples of cats, and then at the end I was like. In summation, essentially what I'm trying to say is a cat is not a dog. That, I think, is the perfect way to to you know, analyze this movie. This is just done in you know extended five-paragraph format that we learned in high school. 
I yes. will say they are complete cowards, however, for not showing us what a dog actually looks like in this movie. We've seen mice. We've seen cockroaches. We have heard a dog, but we don't know what a dog looks like. So how can we really be sure that a cat is not a dog? I, th- I think they're just setting up the sequel, which is Dogs, the musical. I would argue that with uh, the knowledge and, and the information that they provided us throughout the film, we have a clear understanding of what a dog is. And I think uh, if they were to show us a dog, we would immediately be able to recognize that it is not a cat. <laughs> Maybe a dog is too large and is not the right shape and it has the incorrect shaped ears or whatever the other rules for being a jellical cat are. I feel mm-hmm. like the rules for being a jellical cat is just you know, be a cat. I don't know, because they, they really didn't like What's-Her-Name, who ended up being the Jellicle choice at the end. But they, they were really trying hard to not make her a Jellicle cat. But she ended up being the Jellicle choice, which indicates that all cats are really Jellicle cats. Because they mm-hmm. are a cat. Like, to be Jellicle is to be a cat. That just doesn't mean you have to like everybody. I don't know, because the, the, the main character... Victoria. Name start- Victoria, yes. The white cat, uh, yes. Yes. She was very clear she is not a Jellicle cat until the very last song where Dame Judy Dench uh, betru- bequeaths the name Jellicle cat upon her. I mean, she says mm-hmm. you, you are a Jellicle cat, but that's just because she demonstrated the qualities of being a Jellicle cat, including being a cat, which is the reason that you're <laughs> Jellicle in the first place. Mm-hmm. So anyway, welcome to our latest episode where we are discussing Cats 2019, in case you could oh, yeah. not tell at this point. Um, God, I love this not, movie so much. We will not be doing a, a full recap of the movie as, well, actually, I'll just do it right now and get it over with. Mm-hmm. The movie starts. Uh, we see a dark and gritty London. We meet our main character, Victoria. Mm-hmm. We meet a bunch of other cats. One of the cats is angry. Um, mm-hmm. And then another old cat comes in and chooses one of the non-angry cats. And then the movie ends. And that's, so far as I can tell, the closest thing there is to a plot. Also, the whole point of this movie is that one of these cats is going to die. They just have to figure out which one. Which then puts forth the question... Are all of these cats immortal until they are chosen to be as a Jellicoe cat and sent into the heavens? Like, it's just their version of hell where they must continue onwards indefinitely until they have proven that their lives are too terrible to continue? Well, because McCavity point... did not die at mm-hmm. the end of this movie. He was not gifted the choice of death. <laughs> I, so my thinking is that the Jellicoe choice if you are the jellical choice you have the uh opportunity to be reborn like cats have nine lives i think this is like you can access these nine lives if you are the jellical choice and you know i i don't know how often they they, they do the jellical ball uh but i would imagine that like when it's old deuteronomy's time that's you she's usually the one that gets picked for that you know, year that 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 specific ball. This one it was like Grizabella the Glamour Cat, Jennifer Hudson. Uh, you know, she's lived a long, tough life, and it was her time to go. But you know, she's she's ready for a new life. She was ready to be reborn, which is why she was the Jellicle choice at the end of the movie. Is there anything special about being the Jellicle choice, or is it? You get to fly off in a hot air balloon made out of a chandelier. Is that how you get reborn? Yeah, so you fly off into the hot air balloon made out of a chandelier. And you go to the heavens. Is essentially what was seen in the movie. As if, if you're watching, you see the balloon goes up and up and up and then just dissolves into clouds. Right, I so wanna... why didn't McCavity just steal the hot air balloon? I want to say well, that it's probably a metaphor for the fact that a chandelier is dropped onto a cat who then dies and ascends into the heavens. I could Maybe. see that. Yeah. Well, so I, I think McCavity is, uh, he believes in the process of becoming the Jellicle choice. 
Uh, and, you know, as it's shown throughout this movie, there's a lot of different options uh, to be the Jellicle choice. And as uh, his whole plan was like, well, you know what? If I get rid of all the competition and I'm, I'm the only one left, they'll have no other choice but me to be the Jellicle choice. I think that was his strategy. I mean, yes. That, that, uh... Sorry, what were you saying? No, I, I was just saying that that was his strategy. He believes in becoming the choice. I think, you know, it maybe just based on morals and principle, he knows that if he is, or if if he like steals the 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 chandelier hot air balloon, that it won't just fly up to the heavens without being proclaimed the Jellicle choice by Old Deuteronomy. I, I feel like there's a certain element of magic that McCavity doesn't have access to that Old Deuteronomy does have access to. That could be it. I don't know. We do see McCavity do, cer- you know, certainly some magic. He does declare it magic as he does yes. it too, which is very important, I believe. Yeah. We don't well, so know for my... certain that old Deuteronomy doesn't have her own magic power, and it's only by the act that she unties the balloon that it therefore can ascend into the heavens. Yeah, my other thought is that McCavity has tried to tap into old Deuteronomy's magic. He's tried to do it by mm. himself, which is, you know, how, like how he learned how to do like this teleportation uh, you know, bear how he can or teleporting himself or teleporting others or making people you know fly while spinning, um, you know all of that. It's I feel like he learned all of that while trying to access the magic that Old Deuteronomy has that gives the cats the uh, ability to uh, be reborn. I could see that. So you're saying somewhere in here there's a prequel movie as well as the origins of McCavity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or maybe I not a prequel movie, that. but like one of those like prequel comic books that Marvel has. Mm. Just like something like that with with McCavity like honing his powers and you know learning which magic words he can say. Yes. Yeah. Most of them are ineffable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or his own name. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the best one is the the first time he disappears, he just says meow. And it's oh, incredible. <laughs> That's the best one. That's my favorite. We all live to be as cool as McCavity. Idris Elba deserves an Oscar for this. I just, I don't know what for, but just, just any Oscar. Yeah. Honestly, every person in that movie did their absolute best at all times, and that was a joy to watch. I, I think the only person that didn't do a good job is Tom Hooper the director of the movie. A hundred percent. I second that. And also I, whoever was in charge of the CGI that just occasionally left random bits of skin in. I mean, yes. That, that is very fair. I think the CGI was difficult. There was also, again, kind of going back to Tom Hooper, there was some, uh, like he kept on changing it uh, up until the last minute. So like... He finished editing it the morning of the red carpet premiere. So there was going to be problems because of how that all shook out. Uh, It was very last minute. They rushed all of that CGI stuff. Uh, And, you know, it's... They worked really hard, and I really appreciate the effort that all of those special effects people put in. They were just given an almost impossible situation. Um, Yeah. You know, I have a for lot of to... questions about the director. Just in general, sure. what what he was. What first of all, what mm-hmm. was he thinking? Second of all, why was he thinking it? Also, He's probably just. You mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. I very much question the choice to just put every famous person ever into a movie and expect them all to mesh well. Yeah, well, I I think. The biggest problem that Tom Hooper had in this movie was he had all these, I guess, different roles that he had an idea of how they wanted to be. They wanted, like, Victoria and um, uh, Strap, or however you pronounce his name, uh, to be, like, these dance-forward cats. 
that like like ballet dance you know that's what he wants for them he wants uh jenny any dot and buster for jones to be you know comedy first and you know rum dum tucker to be like i don't know swagger first or the cool kid on the block yeah the 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 jason derulo of the club which i i feel like if you take every single i guess cat and look at them individually it was a good choice however it kind of felt when everything was mashed together they were all acting in their own movie like it didn't like it, it felt like you know Jenny or uh, Rebel Wilson and James Corden were acting in a completely different movie that Jason Derulo was, which was a completely different movie than Francesca Hayward, and you know Judy Dench and Jennifer Hudson was just doing her own thing and like they all did mm-hmm. great, but they all like it was inconsistent a little bit. Like the only person that I really thought was like living as a cat was uh, Ian McKellen. Uh, who just just like the smallest little like lick of milk on the side are just like his movements were just very much cat like i agree i think he was the only one who actually seemed like a cat and everyone else just seemed very horny all the time Mm -hmm. yeah we can certainly unpack their decisions on the visual aspect of the cats um Mm -hmm. you know the when you're putting together a movie like this you have to decide like where on the sliding scale from like fully cat to fully human mm-hmm. are you going to put this and yes it seems they went with you know almost entirely human they gave them mm-hmm. cat ears and fur and a tail yes but yeah. then they gave they told them all to do human impressions of cat mannerisms as if they were on the complete opposite end of the sliding scale. Like you see yeah, well, that, yeah. you see people touching noses, you see people trying to like rub heads against each other. They never hug. They do these other mm-hmm. like cat type things. They'll lick their paws and wipe it on their face. And it yeah. really really is upsetting to watch. It's per- I think it's perfect. I just the amount of just complete shock and awe that I had had watching the movie the first time was just incredible. I just, I, I think it's so weird in a way that like, if you can like buy into the weirdness about it, that it just is, it's enjoyable. Like, I don't think I had, a, it was probably the most fun I had watching a movie in 2019 i'm think probably i don't know at least that christmas season much better than another movie that came out the same day that's true that's very true (laughs) i will say there were two things about it that really really bothered me and the first was that Mm -hmm. in most of the women in the film you could see their boobs like the shape of them with the cat fur and that weirded me out a little too much because everything is completely androgynous and then on some characters in like mm-hmm. some scenes as you turn you go oh they're wearing a sports bra you can very well tell that they're wearing a sports bra cats have boobs up there and it just flipped me too far to the mm-hmm. human side and then I on think the that's opposite fair. end of that the scene where Rebel Wilson's character was first introduced where she mm-hmm. is touching herself far too much made me almost want to leave the room. Yes. I I was very uncomfortable as well. But I I mean like I, I, I think the first time I saw this movie, I was just like I, I think I was frozen uh pretty much up until James Corden's song. Like I was just completely shocked and floored. I didn't know what was happening. It's like I had never seen anything like it. This is just it's terrifying, but also in like I I I I don't know how to explain how I was feeling about it at the time. But like just shock and awe is probably the best way to do it i just i hadn't felt that way about a movie and it was just so weird and when she unzipped her skin to reveal an outfit and more (laughs) 
Yes. What the fuck? And <laughs> I love not only right? not only in her introduction song did she unzip her skin to reveal clothes and more skin underneath, yeah. but it's also <laughs> plot relevant that she can do that. Yeah. Because that's how she escapes it comes from back the cavity the tying her up. Yep. Oh god, so great. So great. I love this movie so much. <laughs> I just, I wanted them to commit a little more, I think. Like, if you're going to go weird, I wanted them to go very weird. And instead, it felt like they took the weird moments and abruptly made them PG-13 to kind of appeal towards a wider audience. And I think it would have just been so much more interesting if they just went all out. What do you mean by all out? I mean, at one point... Taylor Swift comes in and like dumps catnip everywhere, right? Yeah. This is normally the sort of thing that would make cats just incredibly horny. And not, not even just horny, just hyper. Yes, Taylor Swift cats does make cats horny, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but cats don't normally just like casually lie on the floor and go to sleep. As I could consult with the two cats immediately next to me. They usually mm-hmm. bite the shit out of each other. There's fighting, there's rolling around, there's tons of movement. I don't buy the whole catnip goes to sleep. I would argue, well, my guess is that Tom Hooper has actually seen what a cat looks like. And seen them actually react to Yeah, I, re- I remember reading an anecdote that Taylor Swift's father, I think, was on set you know, when she was filming. And that mm-hmm. he suggested the catnip thing to tom hooper who had never heard of it before and was like sure wow honestly i feel like there was originally an orgy scene and they decided that it went a step too far and just rewrote the whole thing to say that they went to sleep i mean maybe i i get that you're so so, let me get this straight you're suggesting that this movie would be better if it were an orgy, correct? Is that what you're saying? I think this movie would be so much better if they stopped trying to make it human and just went full cat. Like, just lick your feet, roll all over the ground, just go there. Don't even try to do the tap dancing. Just have people be mm-hmm. cats for an entire, you know, hour, hour and a half. Who needs the fursuit? Just go for it. I, so, sure. My rebuttal to that is I think what they were going for, they were trying to, they found like a middle point that, was it the right middle point? No. No. No, it wasn't. But they committed to it to the extent that I think it made people that wanted it to be more PG uncomfortable and people that wanted it to be less, I guess, PG also uncomfortable. Like, it just made everyone uncomfortable, which is why I think it's perfect. I think it just lives in a world of ridiculousness that just makes me happy. And that's that's why I love this movie. It is certainly a wild experience. Oh, yeah. 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 The, um... I'd love to, to go into the, um the writing of this a little bit i don't know mm-hmm. anything about the broadway production which mm-hmm. uh, so you I, know go ahead so i i know a little bit um because i i saw it when i was like really little like in mm-hmm. elementary school they showed us like on vhs the broadway production mm-hmm. and you know i talked about it with my sister who's also you know a huge broadway nerd so all of the music is essentially the same. The only okay. things that were added were like the little dialogue interludes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pretty much all of Victoria's lines, her entire character, like the, in the original play, the white cat, not even known as Victoria, just known as the white cat, was just kind of taken throughout the world and dances and it was like a dance focused part. Um, so that her song was a brand new song that they wrote for this, you know, written by Taylor Swift. Um, all of that was new. 
And my favorite addition, uh, all, all of uh, all of McCavity's magic, and like him teleporting people to like the barge on the Thames, uh, all of that, completely new. Like the songs were roughly the same, but like, you know, <laughs> McCavity, so- not a magical cat. Uh, in fact, the only magical cat in the uh, original one is Mr. Mistopheles, uh, and uh, presumably also Old Deuteronomy, but McCavity is just, you know, a sneaky cat. Uh, and that's... He's committed it for a human crime. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, not... It d- doesn't, like, make other cats teleport or disappear uh, or whatever. Like, he, he, all of that other stuff isn't part of it so they threw it in to make it seem like there was some sort of conflict uh so yeah so the the broadway musical um, correct which i believe has been the the longest running production something like that it's a it's that or like phantom of the opera one of them is like the longest yeah, running one of the it's two been on broadway sure it's cats, for, but yes correct yeah it's been on broadway for a very long time mm-hmm the entire story doesn't even include the bit about McCavity having conflict. It's just the cats introduce themselves and then old Deuteronomy makes a choice. And then that's it. Yeah. yeah. Why do people like this? So the dancing is good. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The dancing is good. There's not much of a story, so it's great for tourists who don't understand English. The music is catchy, has all of that. Also, the the play Cats is based off of a book of children's poems. Of just a bunch of cats. Which okay. explains why the that show is what so it is. That so much more sense. Yeah. It's just like, here's this one cat that it's a Gumby cat and it does stuff at home. And then here's Rum Tum Tugger, and you know he likes to have Rum-tum-tugs. sex. Tugs, I guess. Yeah. Um, that, that was all I got out of that one. There was far more hip thrusting than I ever wanted to see a cat do. I mean, if you got Jason Derulo, you got to use it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, it's they just did what it, it was just you know very much a list of different type types of cats told in poem and they turned it into a play with i would argue very catchy music uh and then people just really enjoyed it and because the dance is so great and the music is good you know it's just people like it and then people just kept watching it and then it kind of gained a reputation of being super popular uh so that kept it going for even longer than you know it probably should have because cats is a nonsense play it it is nonsense it is utter nonsense uh which yeah. is why which is why i love the movie because it's it's just it's nonsense it it shouldn't make sense and it doesn't make sense and if you can buy into that i think that makes the movie that much more enjoyable i will point out that it's a musical and not a play whatever musical (laughs) it's i okay fine miss playwriter and i'm doing quotations i don't know why i'm doing quotations you're actually a very good playwriter uh who's written award-winning plays um but i'm not going to go into any more than that because i'm sure you don't want me to uh please don't (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) but i'll leave it at that um but yeah it's just i don't know the the nonsense of it all just makes it I think that much better. I think that's why I wanted them to commit to being a little weirder is that I felt like they tried to stick too much plot into it. I, I agree, but I think the plot doesn't work at all. And because it doesn't work at all, I love it. I right? kind of want this to become the next Rocky horror. Like just get a complete no, no, no. cult following that's, of people. 
that was one of my first thoughts after you know watching it, and I was trying to convince other people to watch it. I was like, no, it's stupid. It's so bad. No one likes it. I was like, this is this is going to be like the next Rocky Horror. The music is catchy. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's oddly sexual. It's it has you know enough of those elements that I can imagine like high school and college theater groups just staying up to like at midnight watching it while some people run around and dance on stage like cats. Yeah. I yeah. can picture that way more clearly than I wanted to. You're welcome. I also think that this would be a version of Rocky Horror that I would be more comfortable with because it's, you know, Rocky Horror was just way too blatant for me when I went the two times. It was not not my cup of tea. Uh, but this is just, it's enough that like, it, it's we it's just, it's more weird than it is blatantly sexual, which makes it okay for me. And I think right. okay for slightly mass, or bi- slightly, I guess, bigger, or I guess more to a wider audience rather than, I don't know if it's more people, but just more varied people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. God, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I want to mm-hmm. touch on, in addition to the the fur look of the cats, is also the clothing choices for these yes. cats. Um, first of all, some of them have clothes, some of them don't, um, mm-hmm. which is not the kind of implications I really want to be thinking about too much. Uh, but mm-hmm. McCavity in particular has this big fur coat that he wears throughout most of the movie, except for when he makes his grand entrance at the Jellicle Ball. Oh, yeah, he does. he's not wearing it. I would argue that that is my favorite moment, or one of my favorite moments in any movie ever. (laughs) He just looks so much more naked. Despite the fact he is exactly as naked as so many other people in that room. I know. He's somehow more (laughs) naked. I know. It's because he has no <laughs> patterns on his fur, which makes it look like skin again. So you know how in like some of like the big, I, don't know, I guess superhero movies, whenever there's like a big reveal or something, like I do the thing where like my arms flail and like kind of stand on my seat for like half a second. Yeah, I did that when this happened. <laughs> it's I had the same visceral reaction as I do when like you know spoilers, but like when like Falcon flew back in. Uh, at like the end of Endgame, uh, you know, like when, like everyone, it's just like one of those type of things that just I I couldn't explain, couldn't explain it. It's just too great. I love that, and I also thought that Taylor Swift was so good in that. Like she just did such a great job with that song. It's just I don't know across the board. It was just wonderful. I will say I had mixed feelings about Taylor Swift's presence in the movie because she's such a good singer and I really enjoyed listening to her sing. Mm -hmm. But because they didn't really give her that much dancing to do, she seemed kind of out of place. Like everyone else was dancing around her and she was on like a a concert stage. Like it felt like a different kind of performance than everyone else was doing. And that's not her problem. That's the director's problem. But she did feel very removed. I think they gave her that like star like lee like like main singer in a band like type of like she can dance with the background dancers but like she's also her own thing type of treatment because taylor swift but also they didn't want it to be such a huge gap between the dancers and idris elba who i don't know if you paid any attention to him not the most light of foot uh, it's, <laughs> it's so I think like she kind of like lived in that middle ground between the two. She was the bridge between Idris Elba and the rest of the cats uh, for that performance. And I just honestly, I was just too excited for the whole thing to really notice the dance quality. Um, <laughs> she just she had so many arm movements, but her legs barely moved at all. And I just wanted to see her be more light of foot because we know she can dance. 
yeah. we've seen her on a concert stage being able to dance, so it felt like they yeah. weren't really using her. Mm-hmm. Especially not when everyone around her is doing, you know, intense ballet or tap or tons of other really yeah. difficult dance maneuvers, and then she's kind of just doing the wave. What what I think they kind of did is they broke the 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 movie into like two different types of casts. So with, I think they went to, into choreography before they even like finalized the cast. Uh, the reason I say that is because there's certain like, uh, like Jenny Any Dot, uh, Grizabella Bustopher Jones, uh, you know, Old Deuteronomy, Asparagus, you know, even um, uh, uh, what's her face, uh, Bombarina, you know, all of them are like acting and like famous person driven roles versus Mm -hmm. roles like uh victoria and uh you know mr mistopheles and even rum tum tugger like jason derulo because jason derulo is a great dancer uh they you know i think they drew the lines like well we want these roles to go to like professional dancers and these roles we can go try to get you know, the best actor or the best person to fit this, you know, role. Either, like, go for the comedy with Rebel Wilson or James Corden or go with the star power with Taylor Swift. I think that was a good move. Or Jennifer Hudson. Uh, or, you know, the... Or even the star power of, like, Ian McKellen and Judy Dench. So I think that's kind of what what they were going for. I think relying too much on that star power, though, is part of the reason why this movie became seen as more of, like, a weird joke than a good movie is because you have this kind of divide in between what you're expecting to see in a musical, which is the singing oh, sure. and the dancing and the ensemble, and then all of a sudden you go directly into these really intense acting roles, and there doesn't seem to be a bridge between them at all. Yeah, it's a clusterfuck. 100%. It's, I mean, that's also why I enjoy it, just because, because of how it all, I guess, lines up to just be perfectly chaotic. Uh I really enjoy all that, but yeah, this, this movie is such a wild clusterfuck of like whatever it's trying to elicit from the audience. Cause mm-hmm. you, you jump the first half to two thirds of this movie is just you being introduced to cat after cat after cat mm-hmm. and every cat, you know, now it makes sense that this was originally from a book of children's poems. Like mm-hmm. Every cat has one characteristic and they are going to sing their song about their characteristic and the yeah. casting is going to fit that characteristic and then we are going to move on and we will have another cat with another characteristic and their song yeah. and so on and so on and so on. And like nobody really gets to like earn any emotion mm-hmm. from the audience because we just move on and yeah they're literally introducing characters by saying and introducing you know the glamour cat etc like Mm -hmm. well they never really introduced uh grizabelle the glamour cat uh because she was always kind of an afterthought until the very end (laughs) (laughs) that's just not to nitpick i mean they did though like jason oh yeah his song and then the camera turns, and there's her just standing on her own. I'm like, okay, well, here comes the next song. And we all knew yeah. that she was going to be the Jellicle choice because she got to sing three times to everyone else's one time. That's true. Yeah, well, I feel like old Deuteronomy got... Well, she's old Deuteronomy. That's a whole different thing. I mean, yeah. yes, she's true. Also, a... she got to sing Memories, and Memories is the cat's song. It yeah. is the one they were hoping to win an Oscar for. Well, it... I don't think it would be up for an Oscar because it's not original. I think they they were that's I think true. They were nominated for Beautiful Ghosts. That was the original song. That was yeah. one of the mm. Victoria's song that Taylor Swift wrote. I think it was nominated. Um, it was. It was a yeah. very good song. I think it was my favorite out of all of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I find it interesting that you you said that like all this it was very catchy all the music because for me every single song went in one ear and out the other. Oh, like, I, rem- I as have, we the, have like uh, the main cat's theme mm-hmm. 
like the the orchestral theme in my head and like nothing else. Yeah. First of all, catchy as fuck. Just that alone. Yes. Um, but just like I'm gonna go down the list of songs. Uh, I would argue that as we've been recording this podcast, at least half of them have been stuck in my head at at some point. Uh, you know, there's the overture slash the Jellicle songs for Jellicle Cats. That song is incredible. I love that song so much. Way too distracted um, at that point to be comprehending anything. But yeah, fair, on a second fair. viewing, you would get more of the song. Yeah. Uh, there's the naming of cats, which is just confusing. Um, so I get that one. Uh, Jenny Any Dot is okay. Rum Tum Tugger, great. Uh, then there's the Buster for Jones, just so fun. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. I guess ignore Growl Tiger's Last Stand, which, by the way, that's actually that's another thing they changed. Growl Tiger had a much bigger role in the play, uh, and in the book, but uh, there's kind of a whole thing that he only has one eye because uh, he got into a fight with the Siamese cat, and in the the in the musical, not play. Sorry, Esther, in the musical. Uh, in the musical and in the they refer to the Siamese cat by a uh, unfortunate term, uh, if you will. Very racist. Yeah, not great. Um, gotcha. So they cut down that role quite a bit. Uh, yes, there's that. Uh, back to where I was. Uh, old Deuteronomy that's been stuck in my head. Jellicle Ball. Memory, such a great song. Beautiful Ghosts, also a good song. Uh... I don't know. Skimble Shanks, the Railway Cat. That song just keeps moving. McCavity, incredible. Mr. Mistopheles. Like, guys, so great. More memory. Okay, I'm going to finish because it's just <laughs> it's all the songs. It just Maybe watch it again, then the songs will get stuck in your head like they do yeah. for me. But, like, it's... Because, like, there are times in my head, just on loop, just the chorus from the Jellicle song because the chorus mm-hmm. is because Jellicles can't and Jellicles do Jellicles do and Jellicles can't Jellicles can't and Jellicles do Jellicles do and Jellicles can't Jellicles can't and Jellicles do and that just loops in my head for hours and I am enjoying it all the while so it's the lyrics are so bad it's incredible uh and there's the other well, part. I Jell- hate you for the fact that it's now stuck in my head. That Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats, and so there's Jellicle songs <laughs> for Jellicle cats. It's it's just it's it's a nonsense play. Yeah. As as you go through this list, I have the visuals from each of those songs mm-hmm. much more vividly than I have the songs themselves. Yeah, it, it might take a second viewing, which I would highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um. It's also, you know, this is something that's really made for Broadway and they were always going to struggle putting it on film in the first place is that this is something mm-hmm. you're meant to see from far away with giant flashy dance movements and things like that. Yeah. So it also just feels weird seeing it so up close because that's not what the dancing is there for and that's not how you use an ensemble cast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think you noted this during, um, I think it was the the train cats uh number as well mm-hmm. skibble shanks yes the tap dancing guy yeah uh that there's a lot when, when you take something written for broadway and make a music make a movie out of it you mm-hmm. know you have to make decisions about the sets uh yeah be, like during that song in particular, they tap dance their way out of the the ball building and onto mm-hmm. a train track on a bridge, and then what a come transition! Back. By the way, what a transition, <laughs> or lack thereof, you mean? Oh, I th- I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful how they just started tap da- tap dancing out of the theater, just into the middle of a Lon- London train yard. It was just just beautiful. I loved right. it. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing when you're creating all the sets out of CGI, you can do. 
Yeah. But you can't do on Broadway because that's so much extra work sure. for, you know, a two-minute song. Uh, but th- this movie really went out of its way to give every single cat their own set piece. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I would be surprised that the Broadway production did. Yes, I, that is correct. Uh, and I, that song in particular, when I was watching it the first time, my sister said, I don't know why this song is still in in, in the movie. You could just completely cut it and no oh, one 100%. no one would care. That being said, that set where they had to build the uh, exterior of a London train yard, the uh, interior of a train, just all of these different, that's probably a couple million dollars spent on that mm-hmm. one song because that song alone had multiple locations, which yeah. is incredible. Uh, just thinking, like, th- the movie alone cost $100 million. It's just... <laughs> How many dollars per song are they paying here, you know? I mean, based on the track listing, uh, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So, like, a couple million per song. They definitely spent... I mean, there's a couple songs in the same location, but, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was the, the naming of cats, which just took place in a graveyard. Which, by the know, way, sure. terrifying. Yeah, that... I think that kind of set the tone for the movie, the naming of cats, because it was, like, this weird... Not even saying, more, like, chanting in a graveyard with, like, cats doing slow ballet movements that... I, I, God, this movie was so great. I love it so much. So good. It is a movie where they got way too into all of the different things they could do with CGI and not enough about the things they should do with CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was very weird anytime the cats jumped with, like, the help of a wire. And, like, you can tell this is not oh, yeah. how physics works. Well, it's better. Everything, everything else about this... Like, the visuals, at least, is very, like, quote-unquote, grounded. Like, mm-hmm. okay, these are humans covered in fur with tails. Fine. They're doing weird stuff with their hands. But now they're also, like... Hovering. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say, I'm not sure about in the beginning, but for Mr. Mistopheles, in that song at the end, there's, like, a part where he's, like, flying through the theater and flowers are going everywhere and... Mm-hmm. That happens on Broadway too. That I would be- that one in particular did not bother me because that yeah. feels like the sort of like yeah, grandiose no, I, thing you would get in a musical. I, I do know what you're talking were about. Where though. they weren't jumping a large distance, but it was too much for a human to feasibly do. So it's yeah. like they tacked on an extra three feet of movement, but it means there's just a moment where all of their limbs are frozen midair in a way that feels really unnatural before they mm-hmm. get set down in a completely like non-jumpy kind of way. So it works on the ones where someone is doing like a big dramatic movement because it feels Broadway. But when it's a short movement, but they're trying to add cat flair to it, that's when mm-hmm. they stop feeling like they're moving in a way that makes sense to the human brain. Right. It just adds yeah. to the wildly varying levels of catness that everybody mm-hmm. has throughout this movie. You know, Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this movie lives in the Uncanny Valley. And I, I think it's... For me, in my enjoyment of the film, I think it that's the right place for it to be. I think in terms of it actually being a good quality film, it, it, there's so many things it could have done better. Uh, I would just argue that, that... Yeah. Well, I mean... The choice of musical, for one. Yes. Right. Cats was never going to be a good film, yeah, no matter it, what it, they it, did. It, right. it, it, it was a rough choice to begin with. But like I thought the acting across the board if not perfect um was at least everyone was committed and doing i guess the best they could for their role like idris elba mm-hmm. fully committed oh yeah uh, to mccavity like james corden and, and rebel wilson were like very funny everyone did their best and i thought acting wise everyone was actually really good 
mm-hmm. or acting and dancing, and it just it just didn't all fit well together, which is, you know, what makes it confusing and bewildering, and one of the reasons why I enjoy it, but I get why, you know, most people think it's ridiculous. It was just seven different movies in one. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I watch any one of those movies individually, I think I could have been really into it. But I just could never stay, you know, focused on anything that was going on. So I kept getting pulled out of the movie by the small things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's fair. And when she unzipped her skin, I think my soul left my body for a little bit. I think that is fair. Um... I mean, this movie kind of all, all in all, feels a little bit like a nasty trip. Like yeah. a, a real, yeah. like like you know, a cat based acid really trip. We really should have watched it drunk. We really should have. Yeah, I still haven't seen it drunk, but I want to. It's, I've seen it three times, two times in theaters, and I, I I would also happily watch this movie again because it's just so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think we're at the point where we should give some final thoughts. You know, Errol, if you have, uh, you know, how many stars do you give this movie, and uh, what's the review you give it on Amazon? So, on Amazon, which I believe is a five-star system, uh, and I can't give six stars? Correct. Mm, that makes it difficult. All right, then I guess five. <laughs> uh <laughs> It's, I mean, it's, there's very few movies that capture this level of chaotic energy where just, it's just such a clusterfuck that it's just immensely enjoyable. It's like this. I think Venom was also kind of like that. I've talked about that a bunch where it's just a mess, but it somehow is still as enjoyable. This one is just another level. Uh, yeah. I just, it makes me very happy. Uh, and also, this might say something about me. I kind of like telling people that I enjoyed this movie. I like telling people that I like bad movies. Um, I mean, it, when they're, when it's a true statement, because it's true. I, I like, you know, this movie. I like the Emoji movie. I understand that mm-hmm. they're not good movies, but, like, I like telling people that because they're like, what are you talking about? And then it starts the whole conversation. And they get to talk about, you know, I get to talk about cats more. And is that not what we all want in life? That's fair. It's a very long Amazon review, too. Yeah. But a lot of them are. Got a little, so. little bit existential, but, you know, it's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Esther, how many stars do you give this on Amazon? What do you write underneath? I would give it one and a half stars, and I would say needs more cats. <laughs> <laughs> I would give this uh, Schrodinger scarred stars where it just has one star and five stars simultaneously uh, i think that's fair yeah the comment is just utterly bewildering please watch yeah I, this movie is best watched with at least one other person for you to like talk to and like joke with oh yes throughout it's... i did not want to see this in theaters because i knew i needed to be able to yell at the screen i would say uh as someone who did see it twice the first time when I was in theaters, luckily it was only me and my sister, so we were able to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. The other time was late enough in its run that the memo had already gotten out there. And I normally I do this thing in movie theaters where I'm just trying to be stupid and funny to myself only, where like right before the movie starts, I just start clapping uh, and just... <laughs> Just like the idiot that clap that claps at the end of you know of, at the end of the trailer, so when they're excited for the movie, that's not something people mm-hmm. do. That people normally like think, oh, what is that guy doing? I did that, and people joined in. <laughs> that's when I knew it was like, okay, people are on board. This is gonna be the experience where like you can like laugh along like with your friends, and you'd get the experience that you wanted to out of it. Like even the old people in the theater were like laughing and you know having fun uh Mm -hmm. with 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 the movie and not like viewing it as like high musical art right which i think some might have expected going into it because it is a musical 
and it was pitched as high art. Correct. Like, like th- this is the same director who did, like, Les Mis. Yeah. Right. And so I think the, the King's Speech, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. So th- this was, you know, pitched to everybody as you know, the, the Oscar bait musical for the year. Yeah. But, boy, did we get something else. It's, I mean, it's funny because they, they had a campaign going for, for your consideration, but they had to withdraw it. Almost immediately because of how bad it was. <laughs> I think this then lends the question as, what musical do you think we're going to see in theaters next? Do you think this is the end of the arc of musicals being turned into movies? Or do you think it is mm-hmm. just the beginning of how weird we're going to get? Well, the next one's not Hamilton. Well, no, so here's the thing. There's actually a I couple know In the musicals. Heights is in progress. In, yeah. in the Heights True. is coming out soon. West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, is coming out soon. Hamilton okay. is... Uh, I think the staged version is going to Disney+. Plus. Yes. Yeah. It's, say, it's theatrical release got canceled, and it's just going to Disney+. Plus In July now, I believe? West Side yeah. Story has been turned into a movie before, so that it, is it not has. new. It's, it's not new, mm-hmm. but I, I think the... The point being, these two movies are essentially going to set the tone. Like, Les Mis did very well, uh, you know, before it. Cats was a huge flop. Right. But there it, was Into like, the Woods, too, which did okay. Into exactly. the Heights, I'm expecting to do quite well. Yeah, because people really love Lynn uh, Manuel Miranda, so I think it'll probably get some juice, you know, based off of that. Uh, and, you know, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. So if those movies do well, then I think you know, more movies like Cats uh, that are, you know, adaptations of musicals can be a thing. It just, you have to see if people respond to it. And I I, I think, I think In the Heights probably more so than West Side Story is going to be the thing that determines if musicals are still viable to be turned into movies. But we'll see. Keep my fingers crossed. I would love to get more musicals, but yeah, that's just me. What musicals would you guys want? Well. Yeah, very true. Well, what musical got, would you guys want to be turned into uh, a movie? Well, if we want something utterly wild that is very divisive, similar to Cats, mm-hmm. uh, you can always do a Cursed Child movie. And just mm. make all the Harry Potter fans extremely angry. <laughs> I would say I would like Next to Normal to be turned into a movie because it's not hmm. one that I'm expecting to come back to Broadway or tour. And I think sure. the, the movie, the musicals to movies actually brings up a great opportunity for shows that we're never expecting to see again, but were very beloved by groups of people when they came out. And it might be a way to kind mm-hmm. of make them more accessible in a way they might never be again. Sure. I mean, my answer, very different, would be Spider-Man Into the Dark. Um, Yes. I I think that, I mean, again, we've spent this entire time talking about how much I love ridiculousness in movies. That movie was, you know, canceled so quickly, or that that, uh, musical was canceled so quickly on Broadway. Uh, with music by U2 and I don't know how they would do it in a movie form but I would imagine it would be bonkers I mean it basically was a movie that they put on stage like I got to see it in previews and oh really? yes like it it was basically just like a movie that they made a, like a Broadway adaption of like they was have was it good? oh I loved it like so, it was then I'm happy with yeah. my choice. Yeah. I would I'm, say if you want to get super ridiculous in terms of creating the new cats, you should ask for Starlight Express, the other mm, Andrew Lloyd Webber musical mm. that was considered so much stranger than cats that it got canceled very early on in its run. If mm-hmm. my yes. theater facts are correct. That's the that cats out. but with trains, right? Yes, and far hornier. Hmm. As we all know trains to be. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our cats discussion. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. 
there's a bunch of plugs we normally do at the end that I'm completely blanking on. Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, you can do all of your normal business on those, such as subscribing and liking and downloading and listening and at all of those places, reviewing, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, caught monologuing, uh, Twitter, uh, what was it, caught, so caught monologuing, caught, caught podcasting, caught podcasting, yep, uh, to get those, uh, email, caught monologuing at gmail.com, send us an email, uh, or fill out our, uh, our, I guess, form, A question form, yeah, if you yeah. have any questions you want us to answer, uh, we will do that, cause why not, um, Links in the show notes. Yeah, link will be in the show notes. Um, I think all of that stuff, uh, Yikes at First Sight, which I know, uh, Ryan, you produce that mm -hmm. uh, for our, our good friends, uh, Hannah and Harry, uh, who they still won't let me on, um, even though I have not asked them directly and only you. Uh, <laughs> but I think they're going to have a podcast up soon, and that'll be fun. Yep. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. Esther, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Everyone should adopt a cat in honor of this movie. Mm. Name your cat. Rum Tongue Tugger? Shimble Shanks? Pick a name. Mr. Mistopheles There's is so an A-plus cat name, I do So many just wild names to pick from. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, all right, my actually my last plug is is if you haven't seen Cats and listened to all of this, I nothing has been spoiled, frankly. Uh, just go and watch it. It's just if you're using this as the barometer whether or not you wanted to actually watch it, watch and decide for yourself. It's you know watch with friends, maybe with an alcoholic beverage. Um, but yeah, it's just so fun and enjoyable. So. Watch that and then go back and listen to this podcast again and, and you'll have context uh, as to our Jellicle conversation. All right. Bye. Bye. Ciao.